This is Looking for Christ, a podcast that seeks to deepen faith as we look for Christ in all of Scripture. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Oren. And uh, it's been a hot minute since we've been able to record just because of the holidays and everything. We're going to be talking about uh, exiles today. And what, what can we expect in the next couple of weeks, Oren? Yeah, so um, I'm starting up a, a, short, a short series in the book of Luke. Um, being that it's Christmas time, we're going to be looking at uh, Mary's song in Luke chapter 1 um, when she visits Elizabeth and has this uh, great song of praise um, um, in, in celebration of what God is doing through her and in her and the, the promises of God, uh, the prophecies of the Messiah coming true, and she gets to carry this child and bring him into the world, um, and she's just rejoicing in what God's doing. So we're going uh, to study. Mary's Magnificat, uh, the, the Song of Mary from Luke 1, over a few Sundays in December. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, um, and then we'll be announcing what's up in the new year in 2024. Awesome. And for today's 2024. Text, can you believe it? No, I cannot. 2024. Yeah. My goodness. This is going to be like six months wow. where I'm still writing 2023. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and still, still no flying cars. Still no flying cars. I just can't believe it. What a disappointment. Yeah. I know. I know. All right. So for today's text for exiles, we're going to be using 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And here we go. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, or Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. All right, so um, I, I'm in a, a, a I'm have, have done and completed a series uh, called Welcome to the Outpost, which was a, a short series we did with the church um, at, at Greenville Springs about um, kind of our, our place in this world as Christians, and that every church is like a little outpost in God's kingdom. Um, scattered all over the world, and uh, each one is unique and has its own um, its own little culture and mission is is largely the same across the board, which is to make be making disciples. Um, and and so as as those that are kind of residing in our own little outposts in our local churches, it can feel like we are exiles in this world, and that feeling is actually an, an accurate one because we are. The Bible calls us exiles or aliens in this world, and the the reason for that is simple. It's because um, um, we are not permanent residents of this um, sin broken world. We are meant to live in the presence of God in a perfect existence, and so. We are very much temporary residents of this um, of this mortal realm that we live in now, which is tainted and tarnished by sin. And so, as members of our little outpost, as exiles in this world, we do have a, a, a mission, a purpose in this world, in this life. Um, we're not to, meant to sit back behind the walls of our outpost and just twiddle our thumbs and and laugh with each other while the world um, is corrupted by sin. We're actually um, called by God to share the message of hope of salvation in Christ with the world around us, with the community around us. And what I find really interesting about this text, as Peter's addressing uh, churches in a very large area of what we call Asia Minor, one of which is Galatia, um, which we just finished studying uh, several weeks in, in the book of Galatia. These churches were undergoing uh, a certain level of 
persecution. Um, it wasn't, uh, you know, thrown to the lions, burned at the stake kind of thing. It was more like they were being shunned. Their businesses were being affected. They were being mocked and ridiculed. Um, it had not reached the level of what we kind of typically think about in first century persecution, second century persecution of Christians. But they were being affected. And these Christians in these churches all over this region felt very much like they were, um, they were kind of out of place in a way. And so when Peter writes to them, he writes to them as they are, as exiles. And what he's telling them is, you feel out of place because you kind of are out of place. You're not in intended permanently to live in this world that is broken by wickedness and by evil and, and sin. You are meant to live in a, an unbroken, um, uh, righteous relationship with God. So you very much feel like an exile but as an exile, you have to remember something. And, and when I taught this previously, you always connect this word back to what happened to Israel um, in the book of Jeremiah when Israel was told they were going into exile. And God tells the people through Jeremiah, I am sending you to Babylon. I am sending you there to build houses and to get married and to have children and to plant gardens and to do good for the city to where I send you. And this word send or sent is used multiple times in that text in Jeremiah to describe the way God saw his people. He was disciplining them for their sin, but he was sending them to Babylon to do good for Babylon, to show them the goodness of God as they live there. And so I, I read this text in 1 Peter in much the same way. That our, as exiles in this world, we have been sent to where we are, which, which implies that we have a mission, and that mission is to live as holy people in God's world and to share the goodness of God with others. And they are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. And so there's a, a claim that Christ makes on our life by shedding his blood and sprinkling us, which is a word uh, from, from, from the Old Testament law, when the priest would sprinkle blood onto the altar, or more, or more specifically, when, when Moses brought the word of God to the people and the people made covenant with God that they were going to keep his word, it said that Moses took a sacrifice and he sprinkled the people with the blood of the sacrifice, which ratified the covenant that they made with God, that they were going to obey God and God was going to be their God. He was going to bless them. And so in much the same way, what Peter is telling the church here is you have been sanctified by the very blood of Jesus to be my representatives, my missionaries in this world at whatever particular outpost I, I have sent you in the place where I have sent you to, to, to reside and to share my good news. And so when I, when I read this, this is an encouraging word, not a discouraging word. It's not as though Peter's writing going, oh, you poor exiles, let me help you here. No, no, he's actually celebrating the truth here that the exiles are actually missionaries of God sent to that particular part of the world to tell others about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, there's so much imagery you just gave that I, I really love. I, I like the idea of uh, churches being Christian outposts. It kind of goes hand when I say the Lord's Prayer, and I usually say it at least once a day. Um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh, the the whole idea of thy kingdom come, um, you know, we, we and we're playing a part in this. Like uh, us being strangers to the world or exiles to the world means that we do have a home. And while we're strangers in the world, we're not. Our, our home is not of this earth, but of but with God Himself. 
And so when these, these little outposts that we have are little uh, extensions of God's kingdom. And so on the one hand, wherever there's a church, um, there the kingdom is and there the kingdom influence is. But also where any, anywhere where there's an exile um, is a little further extension of God's kingdom. And I, I can't help but get um, pick up what you're saying with what Paul was saying too, how we're emissaries. Um, that, that we're emissaries of this kingdom. And so we're exiles to the world, but we're emissaries of this kingdom. And as we go out, uh, just like you mentioned the uh, imagery in Jeremiah, where we're actually being sent um, to, these, to, to these cities to, to be witnesses, to be an example, to be um, a, a gospel proclaimers. Um, yeah, I really love all the imagery there. Um, yeah, and, and what, I, what I find really fascinating here is um, the sancti- by the sanctifying work of the Spirit indicates that God is still very much involved in what's taking place among his exiles in the outpost. It's not as though he's sending us and saying, okay, you'll be on your own for a while, then maybe one day I'll come and, and get you. No, no, he, he sends us, but he also goes with us so that grace and peace may be ours to the fullest measure. Because grace and peace are not possible unless God is present. Therefore, if God is sending us with grace and peace in the fullest measure, then it implies that he is with us in order to bless us with those gifts. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because what Peter is giving, essentially giving a blessing here as well. He's proclaiming the favor yeah, of God. Yeah. We are... Um, um, elect strangers in the world. Um, mm-hmm. we, we've been favored by God. Um, so mm-hmm. it's almost like, and he is proclaiming this blessing over, over God's people. May grace and peace mm-hmm. be multiplied to you. Um, and what's crazy about um, just these exiles is he's writing at a time where I think most conservative scholars would put, put him around under Nero. And so I know you. I know you had mentioned that there's not a lot of persecution yet, but it's coming. And it's coming, Pe- yeah. yeah. And yet Peter says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you." And he's in Rome, so he knows what's. Yeah. He knows what's coming to these elect yeah. exiles of, of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, mm-hmm. Asia, and Bithynia. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows what's coming to them, and yet he still says, "Peace be multiplied to you." And the only way yeah. I feel like he could do that is. Uh, by experiencing the one, uh, the Prince of Peace, um, who mm-hmm. on in some ways was also in exile. Now, on the one hand, yeah, you can say sure. Jesus Christ was never in exile anywhere because he created all things, and he yeah. he had complete uh, dominion wherever he was, and he and yeah. he uh, belonged there. And yet, on the other hand, um, his own people cast him. Out. Yeah. He had nowhere to lay his head, right? The Son yes. of Man has nowhere to lay his yep. head, right? So he was the owner of everything, but he didn't really belong anywhere. I felt like he belonged anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, like, one of the one of the benefits of being in exile in this world is that peace can be multiplied to us. That's one yep. thing I, I'm, I'm noticing in this text, and I'm drawn to. Yep. Yep. I'm drawn to where mm-hmm. there's peace. And I feel like the only way Peter could have this sort of confidence is by experiencing that Prince of Peace. And mm-hmm. uh, Jesus is saying this to the disciples in John fourteen twenty seven: Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Mm-hmm. Let not your hearts be mm-hmm. troubled, 
neither let them be afraid. And so it's almost like Jesus is already, it, there's almost that exilic language even there. Uh, not yep, as the yep, world gives yep. to you, but as I give mm-hmm. to you, your, your prince, your king, mm-hmm. um, your master. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, he, and he, he goes on to say to the, in that very same text, you will have many trials or tribulations in this world, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so that that's the truth that we that we abide in in our little outposts. Yes, we may feel like we're out in the wilderness somewhere on the outer skirts of the of the kingdom, but Jesus says, "I have overcome all the things that are causing you problems." And he, and if you look back at the text here in 1 Peter, he's writing to the churches scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So Paul is not writing to a church. He's writing to all the churches so that they all know we're not the only ones going through this. We're not the only ones who feel this way. We feel the same way that all these other churches do. And there's something powerful about realizing that you have other people that are walking with you on this journey that are going through the same things you are, but they might be at a different outpost. I love getting together with other pastors because we all understand what it's like to be a pastor. I think a a few weeks ago, maybe last month, you went to a conference in your line of work, Zach, where you're talking to people that understand what you do for a living. Yeah. And you can have these conversations and you understand each other, right? There's some kind of comfort in that. So I think Peter's being very intentional here to let those little churches know, hey, you guys are not the only ones going through this. Everyone's experiencing this. So we all have to bind together and remember Jesus is working in this situation. He is alive and well in his little outposts all over the world. So be encouraged that the God who sent you here has come with you here to serve him in any way that you can for the sake of his great name. And one thing I can't help but think about the imagery of outposts, because I think of like a Roman outpost of like uh, mm-hmm. extending their kingdom, and they were, you know, a, there was like a, a you know, a, a force, a military force there. Yeah. Uh, and I can't help but think of mm-hmm. Peter in the garden when he draws his sword, uh, hoping mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, further uh, Christ's um, influence and, and reign. Earthly. But he, Earthly kingdom, yeah. Exactly, and he's doing it by force, and what does Jesus do? He heals the ear, um, Mm -hmm. and he reminds Peter that, you know, this is not how my kingdom is won. And then Jesus goes to the cross. Um, And so these these outposts are not militaristic, but sacrificial. Mm -hmm. Um, The way in which we're exiles, the way in which the, the, the... uh, Jewish people at the time and, and Jeremiah and, and Babylon, the way in which they were um, influencing the people around them, the city around them as exiles mm-hmm. was through mm-hmm. service, was through yep. kindness, was through love, was through submission even. Yeah. Um, and that is, that's the outpost. That's, that's the, it's not we, militaristic, it's sacrificial. Right. And so there's a way to understand this from a, a socio-political standpoint the, the, the united states in many countries has has military bases and they have am, 
em embassies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so some would see the outpost like a military base, but it's actually more of an embassy. It's a peacekeeping outpost. We have military bases scattered all over the world to protect our nation and protect our friends, but ultimately the church is more like that embassy that's come to be an ambassador to the foreign world, to a foreign nation that does not know the Lord, to share the love of Christ with those people so that they can be invited into the outpost. One of the, the illustrations that I gave was when you think of an outpost, you think of like guards on a tower trying to keep people out. But actually what we're doing is we're standing on the tower shouting out to the world, hey, come in, right? The doors have been opened. Come into the kingdom. Come to be part of the outpost. So it's, a, it's kind of that upside down kingdom that we hear people talk about in God's economy where instead of pushing people away and trying to keep them out, we're actually sharing the message of the gospel to bring them into the kingdom to make them part of our outpost so they can use their gifts, their abilities to be part of God's kingdom there as well. Because they, by faith in Christ, have now been covered by his blood. They are sanctified by his spirit. They are as much a part of the outpost as we are. And now we're all working together along with other outposts to carry the message of the gospel to the world. That's the only hope for this world. It's not through military might. It's going to come through the gospel of peace. And so the outposts that are scattered all over the world are intended by God to be a, a, a message bearing people right? Where they tell the world, hey, there is a God. He loves you. His son died for you in your place to save you from your sin. So come and know him and love him and serve him. And so as exiles in this world, we have to remember, we, this is a temporary status for us. We're just, we're just passing through, as some would say. We're just here for a time because our ultimate home is actually in the new creation when there is no need for outposts anymore because the kingdom will be united and it will no longer be burdened by the terrible effect of sin. And so be encouraged by this message that you may feel like an exile. That's because you are an exile. And that's what Peter calls us here. But we should embrace that term and we should live in that reality every day with great joy in our hearts because we know the God who called us here is the God who walks with us through it all. Hmm. And that's a good place to end. And until next time, Lord, help us to turn our eyes Amen. to Jesus. Amen. Amen.